You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib. And Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante, and the New York Yankees continue to play the regular season playoffs this weekend against the Boston Red Sox. If you're nervous, you should be, but this is what we play for. Not only are the Yankees in it in the final week of September, which did not look possible at the trade deadline and which seemed unlikely two weeks ago when they were getting beat up at home by the Blue Jays, you thought they would have slipped far below that team, even when they lost that last game of the wild pitch to the Orioles, even when they lost those two to Cleveland. Did you think they'd be in a playoff spot when the weekend series with the Sox started? I certainly didn't, but here they are. Two games behind Boston, meaning if the Yankees sweep the series, the Red Sox are catchable. I do not think the Yankees will do that, but they are within range and they still control their own destiny. And they are much, much closer to the Blue Jays. Again, the Yankees currently sit in the second wild card spot, which did not seem possible based on the momentum changes of the past two weeks. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer it. Thomas Carinante, we have not done a series preview in maybe ever because of the timing of these things and the fact that things are fast moving. But the New York Yankees will parlay their most inspirational win in a long time. Yes, I know it's the Texas Rangers, but did you watch that game on Wednesday night? They get an off day Thursday, and coming out of that Thursday, they will face the Red Sox for three extremely important games. Again, it's fair to be nervous. It's fair to think that the whole season hangs in the balance here because it does. But 
enjoy it because whether you make the playoffs or not, this is already the playoffs and has been for three straight games too. Absolutely. For all that they've tortured us this year, look, it's coming down to the final nine games where could you really ask for anything more fun, really depending on how stressed you get with these. I think it's fun. Um, even though the Yankees are playing, still playing under expectations, it's very clear that that's the case. But guess what? After punt, after blowing that series against Cleveland, they had to take care of business. This had to be a sweep against the Rangers. They did it um, last night, right before they scored. I tweeted, if they don't score this inning, it's going to be a very, very ugly night. Of course, they score four runs. So I'm glad mm-hmm. I, I alter Yankees universe when I bring my negativity. And maybe I'll just do that for the entire Red Sox series. Yep. Um, but you got to be pumped for this. Why? Because now the Yankees can erase, they can, they can erase every bad thing that they've done to us for the last five months and three weeks. If they can do some damage in Boston, I, I, they're not sweeping this. I think we're, I think everybody here is realistic enough to understand that uh, yeah. realistic enough as a human to under, they're just not going to do it. If they do it name it and I'll do it. I'll do anything if they sweep. There is there. I can't think of a better bet to be, place this weekend than Yankees will not sweep the Red Sox. Yeah, I'll get um, a face tattoo. <laughs> uh, but you got some favorable pitch pitching matchups on your hand on on the card coming up. You got to feel good about it. The offense didn't exactly find its group, but you have two two straight games with some bombs. Maybe things are coming together. Joey Gallo is on a tear right now. It's still, it's crazy how it's like not even that good of a tear, but it's, it's still a tear. We want to see somebody wake up in this lineup. Remember if everybody is just playing to like 63% of their capacity in this lineup, it's a very good lineup, but unfortunately we have people playing below 40%. So we're still waiting for the moment where kind of everybody clicks in some capacity. Most of the season, it's been judge and Stanton carrying the team at once, or just the replacement guys coming in and injecting the energy that this team never had. But it's fun, guys. I know we, we the tone here has not been good for most of the year, and you really can't avoid that because of the manner in which they played. But it's coming down to the final stretch. The Yankees can make up for everything. All the mat the the, the first six games of this final nine game stretch are going to deter likely determine their fate. Um, and in my opinion, you probably got to hope for a split between the uh, the uh, Twins and the Blue Jays here to feel kind of safe. I know. Uh, the twins aren't the hardest opponent to face, but the blue Jays are on the road. And I think they're a little bit uh, call me crazy, but I think they're a little bit off kilter from the Kevin Kiermeyer shit uh, benches cleared on Wednesday night after they, they pegged him in the back for uh, him picking up the lineup card. And then the Rays dug out reportedly scoffing at the blue Jays bat boy who went on over there to, to try and get uh, the piece of paper back. Um, so Things are kind of playing into the Yankees' hands right now. Then again, we've said that about 40 fucking times this year. Um, but this is it. This is the last time it can play into their hands. So it, it, how many times do you go to the roulette table and say, hey, maybe the number's going to come out this time. It's going to come out once. Maybe this is the one time. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, I mean, they, they've certainly made their season series against the Red Sox more respectable since the last time we were at Fenway Park. Uh, that's an objective fact. They're no longer like one in – I mean, they could have been like one in 15 against the Red Sox. Um, what are they? Six and 10. Um, uh, yeah. I, I think that's true. Yes, I mean, you know, not good, but they started the year. zero and seven. Yep. So that, that would be a little six and three folks. And that six <laughs> and three figure is an important number because that for me is the target down the stretch. It is. Um, 
It's not easy. No. It's not, you know, I'm not, it's not a light, it's not a pillow of a landing. The Yankees didn't earn themselves cushion by winning Wednesday's game. They did what they absolutely had to do in order to put themselves in a position to take care of business realistically down the stretch where they don't have to go eight and one against the Red Sox, Blue Jays and Rays. They have to take every series or if they lose two out of three at Fenway, they have to, you know, get creative and take two out of three from the Jays and sweep the Rays or sweep the Jays and, and take two from Tampa. It's not going to be easy if they lose a series in Boston, but as of now, just take your deep breaths. Six and three is the number. If they go six and three over the next nine, I think they make the playoff spot. And every time, if they lose a heartbreaker on Friday, possible. It's always possible. They, yeah. they lose often. If they lose a heartbreaker on Friday, keep that perspective because it's not over, in my opinion, until they can no longer go six and three. So, you know, lose a tough one, win five in a row, and you're perfectly on pace to do what you need to do. It's not going to be easy, but it is going to be plausible, which is what you get from a win like Wednesday. Let's talk about that game a little bit before we move on, because, um, I mean, we've been giving the Red Sox shit for having a very manageable schedule and then managing it. Uh, but good for them because that's not easy to do, especially in October, especially when everybody wants to beat you. I, when the Red Sox play the Orioles, I'm mentally prepared for a three-game sweep because that's just what you have to do because when the Red Sox do lose to the Orioles, that I mean, you can't bake that into your projections. Like, the Red Sox are going to lose a game to the Orioles. Probably not. Most teams don't. Tampa went 18-1 and against them. Like, if somebody loses to the Orioles other than us, then it's surprising. It's, you know, that's when the Orioles were holding leads in the ninth against Toronto the other week. You couldn't be like, yes, a win by the Orioles because no, uh, Toronto went on huge runs in the ninth, in the seventh inning twice and finished off both half of the doubleheader or whatnot. It's just not that easy uh, to lose to the Orioles, especially if they're throwing those three awful starters at you. But that being said, the Yankees have tripped up many times. Uh, no excuse for losing those two games against Cleveland. No excuse for only scoring uh, two runs in that other third Orioles game and then losing it and blowing the lead on a wild pitch and then losing an extra innings. No excuse for doing those things, but those prove that, you know, bad teams want to play spoiler. 2011 Red Sox missed the playoffs because the Baltimore Orioles walked off Jonathan Papelbon. It happens. Bad teams do good things sometimes. So, you know, the Red Sox seven-game winning streak includes three Orioles games with guys with seven ERAs and two Mets games, and the Mets couldn't have folded more after beating the Yankees, which truly was their World Series. Then they were like, all right, time to die. The old uh, John Lovitz Dunkin' Donuts sketch. For years, it was time to make the donuts. Now it's time to die. Um, they just completely folded, and it was it was horrible. And given the chance to beat the Red Sox on Wednesday and help the Yankees, the Mets obviously did not do that. So seven and zero for the Red Sox. It's a little less impressive than it looks, but you know, pretty impressive. Tough to win those games. The Yankees needed, after failing to win the Orioles and Indians games, uh, three losses of which you could say they could only afford one. Really, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I wanted them to go nine and one in that stretch. He wanted eight and two. They went seven and three, but they got the three losses out of the way early, leaving every game in that Ranger series as a must-win. Aroldis Chapman finished off the first. Looked great. Yankee Bats finished off the second and gave Luis Severino a chance. Looked great. The third one, Corey Kluber did not bring his A game, as many of us worried. He gave up three runs, and they all came with no outs, uh, except for the Brock Holt looping, uh, whatever. Um, but, like, two innings where you, technically Kluber minimized the damage, but it was like, bang, bang, run scored. And then, bang, bang, another run scored, and now there's no outs and a guy on. It's 3 nothing when he leaves. Gives up a lot of hits. Uh, bizarrely enough, We've talked a lot this season about how a four-run deficit is a death sentence for the Yankees, which is true. 
They just won their first game coming back from a four-run plus deficit last Monday against Minnesota. So it wasn't an exaggeration to say that that was accurate. They were O and the season before last week. But a three-run deficit is weirdly attainable. Last night, spoiler alert, the Yankees won. That was their 10th victory this year. 10 and 49 is the record when they face a three run or more deficit that 10 wins is tied with the Rays and Red Sox for the most in baseball of Mm. that variety. And as we know, nine of those 10 were a three run deficit because four plus was their kryptonite until again last week. So if the Yankees go down four, they're almost dead. If they go down three, they are as lethal as the Rays and Red Sox, meaning they're as lethal as anyone in baseball. That's weird. It's hard to parse, but it's true. And they go down three, nothing. Taylor Hearns dealing. Kyle Higashioka gets the start, drills a two-run double, uh, eventually hung out to dry on Adolis Garcia's throw from right field. It's 3-2 for a while. Game time, wild pitch, the Yankees' best offensive weapon this year. It's been stated by many people. Gets the job done. Game is now tied. DJ LeMahieu with one of the worst at-bats you'll ever see. Squanders a runner at third with one out in the seventh. We're all feeling down in the dumps. Two outs in the eighth, no one on. Gallo double, Glaber double. Huge hit, hit of the year. Geo infield single gets him home, 5-3. Gary Sanchez had come in for defense and caught a, a runner stealing in the top of the inning. And his two-run homer broke the game open and gave way to Chapman, who, for my money, using Chapman in that ninth inning was the smartest thing Aaron Boone has done in weeks. We all know Chapman pitches better in theory when he gets more work. You could not afford him not pitching Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then going into Friday with four consecutive days off in the nope. game one of that Red Sox series. And he looks as good as he's looked all year. Again, against 7-8-9 in the Texas lineup, I understand. But that is as good as he has looked all year. And now he seems ready for the Boston series. Glaber Torres, uh, you know, you can't rewrite an entire season's narrative in one at-bat but he is becoming serviceable, and that hit was a bit of the old Glaver. What stood out most for you from this extremely exciting win? And it really was exciting. Yeah, that was that's it really for me. It's a lot of guys who have needed to contribute that haven't contributed much this year. Um, Gallo has been doing more of that. That double in the eighth was huge. Glaber, who really hasn't, I mean, what was his biggest hit this year? Can the, the, the home run in the Mets game that cut the deficit and by two runs. Like I can't even remember Glaber putting me on the edge of my seat. Um, And Gary, dude, Gary's been having a rough go of it somewhat. It's just up and down for him constantly. It's like, yeah, game uh, walk off hit against the twins, but then three defensive gaffes that you just can't even believe. Um, He was getting unlucky. He was some hard hit balls over the last uh, week and a half. Um, Cedric Mullen robs the home run. He hit the ball right at, uh, uh, who's the Rangers third baseman? Kiner, Kiner yeah, Kiner, Kiner Fale- yeah. yeah, he made an incredible play. Um, and then he hit one dire- directly at the shortstop a million miles an hour. Um, so it was a lot of bad luck for him, but that's, that's, that's what this team needs. This team needs the, the, to, to win the games and, and score the runs when they simply need to. I know it sounds dumb. It sounds so dumb when you're saying this aloud, but how many games have not gone in the Yankees favor when they've just, opted not to score runs or even th- forget about scoring runs how about threatening on the base pass this is the trademark of the new york yankees over the last four years and they just really haven't done much of it this year in scenarios where they've had to um that's why i said last night i'm like if they don't score in this eighth man it's not going to be fun really not going to be fun thank god they 
that the back-to-back doubles uh, got the job done. Um, and Chad Green, dude, another scoreless outing. Uh, it's not making me look forward to anything, but I'd rather him have two scoreless outings on his ledger going into Boston than getting absolutely shelled because he's going to have to get used in the series. That's just mm-hmm. the, way, that's the way it is. Um, and like you said, got to give props to Aaron Boone. We do a lot of, uh, we do a lot of bad talk, uh, bad talking about Aaron Boone because we don't agree with his decisions. Uh, we're not baseball managers, but I think a lot of us can also understand how the game works and no, I, I'm a baseball manager. <laughs> I'm a backyard baseball manager. Um, yeah, I, a lot of the stuff he's done this year, he we've looked at so many other – look at your tweet history and then just look at how many times from April to September where you say, wow, great job, Aaron Boone. Thanks No, don't. Don't look Maybe. at my tweet history. <laughs> don't do it. Two times all year, you could probably say, wow, Boone's bullpen management there, or wow, Boone pinch hitting so-and-so there. Smart move. You did literally three times top. So um, love getting Chapman the innings. He's Yeah, look, like you said, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, not the biggest deal in the world, but guess what? How many times have we seen Chapman walk the nine hitter just to get to the top of the order with two outs and then make you really shit your pants? So um, things have been a little bit uh, – things have coming are coming back to – uh, the, the middle you should say uh with, with a lot of these guys um i'm just we could start talking about the sock soon but you know kluber this deal is going to go down as a bust i think unless he just can can do something in the postseason should we get to the alds but can't even think that far ahead right now um really has been just looking okay but the yankees didn't want okay they wanted a number two starter um but Whatever remember comparing case. remember comparing him to Garrett Richards though and now it's like yes. what is what sure. is that yeah. it's like Kluber gave you 75 innings of pretty good starting yeah. and a no hitter and Garrett Richards gave you some of the worst starting pitching ever and he's been great out of the bullpen so what's I don't I don't even know still it's, has it's like both... almost a five ERA too, Garrett Richards so like a good out of the bullpen how good really um I like I, I like where the momentum sort of is for this team right now um I want to to, uh, my other theory here, which we could just talk about very quickly, is Aaron Judge DH twice in a row. Uh, it, on uh, Wednesday night, allowed Voigt to play. Tuesday night, he was benched. Are we trying to use Aaron Judge for three games in center field at Fenway? Is that what we're trying to do here? So we get Gallo, Stanton, and, and uh, Judge all in the field, and maybe you could DH Voigt to have the best possible lineup. Maybe. Maybe that's another Aaron Boone good thing that we could talk about. But I think that – I'm hoping that's the plan because I don't understand why you would do that two nights in a row, unless you're just trying to give him rest down the stretch, which is annoying, or I don't know what, what else is there? Yeah. Or the worst case scenario, but at least mm. he's playing. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, previewing the weekend set at Fenway. Underdog fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team. And that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Go Yard Podcast. Yeah, I mean, positive thoughts to Aaron Judge. Luke Voigt, after we begged for him to get some playing time, did not exactly cover himself in glory in that Texas Rangers game. Mm. Um, made a doofy fielding error, like a, a chopper on the glove side. He tried to backhand and couldn't. Uh, that set a run up. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't good, folks. And if you're going to use Luke Voigt, 
he should not be playing first base that much is obvious, especially not in a pivotal series like this have to tighten up that defense. That's why the Glaber Torres thing, you know, it's over and over again. It, it goes to my mind both ways. It's like, I know he's hitting 300 with almost no power over the last month or so. He's been serviceable, but the defense at shortstop, he's unplayable. I know, but it's like a base. He's okay. Yeah. But what about that double play ball when he threw the first? Ah, this is what this double. That's why you don't give up on Glaber. What about the non-competitive at bat the inning before? Like, I don't, I don't want anybody to give up on Glaber, but I do just want to not, you know, don't be a prisoner of the moment. It's been a roller coaster ride for a reason. And he still doesn't look like the fifth overall prospect in baseball. Um, all you, all you're hoping for at this point is serviceability, which is not Glaber Torres the ceiling. I don't want to give up on him either, but one double does not a season make. So let's keep our eyes on that moving forward. Yes. Um, every inning he doesn't play at shortstop is a positive, uh, but let's pivot to Boston. Um, I hate that this is on the schedule. I hate that it matters, but then again, you know, I mean, if I, I've considered the Yankees out of it for several days now, every win feels better that way. Every loss feels more tolerable. I wasn't throwing things over the weekend against Cleveland. I wasn't booing Garrett Cole because I'm at the point of the season where it's exciting. It's thrilling. It's a television show. It Once you blow that seven game lead in 12 days, it kind of feels less like life or death which is weird because you're like, I've already been to the mountaintop. I already know how much it sucks to blow a seven game lead in 12 days. Like what else is there for me? Now that's an ignorant way to speak because I'm sure there's something else horrible waiting around the corner for me as there always has been. But this weekend series of Fenway is pure theater. I'm doing whatever I can to minimize my nervousness for it, but it's a playoff series before a playoff series. That much is plainly obvious. The pitching matchups are all interesting they all, you know, you can't say they fall in the Yankees' favor because we know Garrett Cole is pitching through an injury and we know what the Red Sox have done to Garrett Cole at Fenway anyway. And wouldn't it be nice if we had an ace who owned the Red Sox instead of not owning the Red Sox? But I digress. Friday night is Garrett Cole and Nathan Avaldi who owns us. So get that pitch count up. Modus operandi, number one, but at least he's facing Cole and he's not facing someone else in a mismatch. After that, it's Nick Pavetta and Nestor Cortez Jr. And why is that our number two starter against their number four starter? I don't know, but it really is. It's the number two guy I want out there. And third, Jordan Montgomery against Eduardo Rodriguez. Montgomery has allowed three earned runs or less in 22 of his 25 starts this year. He's been great. He doesn't give you length, but he's been awesome. Rodriguez has gotten his ERA under five, which is no small feat because it was way over five for most of the season. He too has been very good. Now, all three of those pitching matchups are interesting, but Thomas, what stood out to me was the man we won't see, Chris Sale, who pitched Wednesday in an effort to further embarrass the Mets. Why didn't Alex Cora bump Sale to the most important series of the year and instead choose to build his confidence against the Mets team that gave up weeks ago? I understand it. And it's a hunch from Cora and his hunches are usually right. But isn't that weird? It's a little weird, um, especially because, you know, Chris Sale's track record against the Yankees, uh, pretty ridiculous. Um, seems like, as we discussed earlier today, seems like he's they're just trying to give Sale a little cupcake uh, trot out there until the games start getting really uh, re- uh, uh, more high stakes, I guess. Baltimore, Texas, Minnesota, Rays twice, Baltimore, Mets. That's who he's faced in his seven starts this year. Yeah. Yeah. Major league lineups. I get it. Coming off Tommy John surgery. I also get it. Smart. I also get it. Keep him, 
keep his confidence up. I, although I don't know if Chris Sale's a guy that you really need to manage in terms of confidence. Seems like a crazy dude to me who's just willing to do whatever and whenever and will pitch with his elbow attached to his arm or not. Um, but interesting, interesting way to do this. I think probably you look at this and they know that Eovaldi against Cole is their best possible matchup. Eovaldi had no fucking idea leads the AL in, in FIP. Yeah. Um, and is, war, I believe. And yeah, 4.8 war um, home runs per nine innings and walks per nine innings as well. Uh, so fuck all you Boston fans who bitched and moaned about Dave Dombrowski signing uh, Eovaldi to a contract that you didn't, th- that you thought was too much money because, Oh man, hate when you go into those Boston fans checking accounts to pay for players contracts. Um, Eovaldi has certifiably owned the Yankees. So you, Cora's probably sitting there like, great, they got Cole. Cole is, may or may not be hobbled. I would in, I would venture to say that he probably is. And if the Red Sox can steal game one with Evaldi on the mound, that's a win for them because then they're playing with house money for the next two. Um, in my opinion, that'll set things off kilter for the Yankees. They really sh- don't, they really shouldn't be in that position because they're just not good playing with their backs against the walls. Um, so uh, I, I do understand the strategy there, but it's a little, little, little bit soft that they're they're not going to give uh, they're not going to give Sale any like real exposure before the playoffs because, like you said, who they have left Orioles and Nationals really he's going to get another start versus the O's and then what mm-hmm. the, and then what it's the wild card game where he's piggybacking off someone or he's starting for the first couple innings and they're going to see how it goes. Um, all I want and enough. I don't need to talk about that anymore because I don't want to bring any more bad luck towards us. If you have something to say after I yell about this, feel free. No, Um, I don't want to bring us any luck either. I'm probably not going to talk the rest of the podcast. (laughs) All I want, and this is going to come back to bite me in the ass, but I will die on this hill. Just please just take it to the Red Sox against their bad. They just don't have a good rotation. This is, this is the area of the roster that they didn't upgrade in the off season. And they thought these dinky little, acquisitions were going to help them they thought getting nick pavetta last year was going to move the needle they thought garrett richards was somehow going to be better than Corey kluber and he's not even in the rotation anymore like and then they didn't address it at the trade deadline you're going up against nick pavetta who has a 4-6-3 era and a 1-3-4 whip going up eduardo rodriguez i can't i just cannot stress enough how not good this guy is and somehow He's still hanging in there with a career 419 ERA. He's got nearly a five ERA on the year, and he's got a 1.39 whip. Why can't these guys, why can't we just tattoo these guys? What, like, can't that, can't that just be what happens? Because the way that it's going right now is it's lined up for us to kind of get the job done and, and settle it. So if this team can just get that, get that out of the way and show the Red Sox they made a huge mistake by not upgrading at the trade deadline that would make me feel good the number one stupidest game of the year which gets forgotten in the in the list of extremely stupid games this year was when eduardo rodriguez got hurt in the second inning and it was like one nothing yankees second and third no outs or one out they never scored again phillips valdez came in and threw four buzzsaw innings and beat them at fenway um so many other games were blown so horrifically late that like that gets lost in the spectrum of absolutely mind numbing things this team did this year. And that would be another, like another game that felt like old school whining and complaining where like we'd complain about that in a year where we won 98 games and made a playoff spot. And people would say, shut 
up. You can't be perfect every day. But then, you know, there are teams that are perfect every day. It really feels like that game was horrible. That's what the Yankees have to avoid this weekend. Do I have faith in them being able to do that? No, I know. I know. Look, I know everyone on the Red Sox can beat the Yankees on any given day. And I've seen it. And I lived through a series at Fenway this year that was saved by a miraculous late game comeback and a oldest Chapman finishing the job in, in like, uh, you know, a ridiculous fashion with the tying runs on, on third base. Um, they, they blew a four nothing lead in the eighth inning of the game. Right after that, Chad green had a three, one lead with two outs in the ninth and Kike Hernandez got him off the wall. I know everything that happened. I've seen it. It was a couple months ago. It was horrible. Um, this feels like, this Red Sox season alternates between feeling like one of those years and feeling like a season where the Red Sox can't do anything right and absolutely sort of are this true talent-ish 86-87 win team that has now officially overperformed that peripheral. Everybody knew, everybody in our circle knew that the Red Sox were going to be good-esque, good-ish, bothersome, and then things fell into place for them. And I think Red Sox fans would admit that. Uh, the schedule was crafted uh, with their contention not in mind. So yep. the Red Sox, uh, the 84-win Red Sox, who were like four games out of the wild card or something, could get the Orioles and Nats down the stretch for a soft landing, and we'd be playing these pointless, unwatchable baseball games where two non two like third-place. The Nats were supposed to be a third-place team, too. It's like these two third-place-ish teams can finish the season together, and that's fine and dandy and wonderful. The Yankees and the Red Sox have difficult AL East schedules. It's true. The AL East is an extremely tough division. No team in any division is easier than the Baltimore Orioles. So if you're facing the Orioles 19 times a year, you get a baked-in advantage that the Yankees have not taken advantage of. But somebody needs to sort that all out uh, as the AL East continues to get more competitive. The Jays, uh, I saw somebody say that they might be the too close, the, the very close team that vows to be back next year and then never quite is back to the same degree it's possible Robbie Ray performing at this level I don't know if that's going to happen again and I don't know if they're going to be able to keep him long term reuse a guy who's probably going to slide backwards Steven Matz is a probably a slider uh, I don't know if they have pitching prospects who I necessarily feel confident in stepping immediately into the rotation and being dominant it is possible this is the best the Blue Jays will ever be I I don't know uh, you know I I don't think so I think the offense is only getting better but the Rays aren't going anywhere the Red Sox aren't going anywhere. I think the Red Sox have a solid core and a good group of positional prospects, and they could use some long-term pitching fixes too. But put an offense like that in Fenway Park, they're going to score a lot of runs. They're going to win a lot of games. The Yankees aren't going to go anywhere either, no matter how pessimistic you want to be about them. And the Orioles aren't even close to any of those four teams. So you are going to have this baked and inherent Orioles advantage. The Red Sox have taken advantage, and the Yankees haven't. And so now the Yankees and Red Sox are just separated by a couple of games, and everything hinges on this weekend series. I'm going to go prediction. Um, you know, I don't like doing this because I, I usually am pessimistic and I'm also usually wrong. Um, I do think the Yankees are going to win two out of these three games and I think they're going to lose the Friday night game. Um, so th that would be Garrett Cole losing again to Nathan Avaldi. And I think we, we've seen this Yankee season well enough at this point to know that uh, it happiness doesn't breed happiness really it breeds frustration and it breeds a roller coaster ride i think the yankees are taking a lot of momentum into this friday game i think the red sox are taking their magical yellow jerseys into this friday game i think they bother us one more time and then i think the yankees get off the mat as they have all year and take advantage of two games that actually sort of look like they're tilted in our direction on saturday and sunday with a rested bullpen 
Um, I think the hope is that if they are going to lose Friday night's game, they lose it quickly in the same way they lost the Cleveland game last week so that you don't have to go to King or Severino. Maybe Domingo Herman gets in, but you're able to rest most of those bullpen pieces and use Chapman on Saturday and Sunday. So my official sort of tempered, non-super pessimistic prediction is the Yankees take Saturday and Sunday and lose Friday. But of course, this could go either way. You're not wrong. Um, and now you got me thinking they're just going to win Friday and lose Saturday and Sunday. And I don't really want to think anymore. So possible. Um, yeah. Uh, look, the difference this year. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez is two and zero with a three ERA and four starts against the Yankees. One whip. It, it can't happen. It can, this this cannot happen. It, it, his luck cannot continue. He's given up six runs in 18 innings of work. It, it, they just they they can't let him get another quality start. They can't let him. Even, it doesn't even need to be a quality start. He can't, he can't go four scoreless to give the bullpen any you know, to give to give Alex Cora any leverage with the bullpen to like know when he's going to be able to bring in guys and how he's going to attack the lineup. They got to get to him early and they got to get to him fast. I I don't really I I don't know what's going to happen. I I, I obviously we don't know what's going to happen. You fucking asshole. Um, we I'm just. I, I'm confused going into every series because every series I'm optimistic. They lose every series. I'm pessimistic. They surprise me. Um, however, this feels different. I don't know why I think that um, it, it's not going to be as painful as the rest of the year has been. Uh, truly. If, if you want to, if you want to be a glass half full guy, I'll be the glass half full guy today. Cause I'm never that um, wow. the Yankees have gotten, so many bad losses out of their system against the Red Sox this year that like, I don't even know how it gets worse between the misstrike three call on O'Dor and losing an extras at the stadium to Chad green, shitting the bed in that game to Domingo Herman losing a no hitter and the Yankees lose and the Yankees losing that game in, in the quickest one inning you've ever seen. Brooks Krisky. Yeah, I just don't know. Like, I d- please formulate a scenario in your head where you could tell me you can get worse than that because I, I really don't know. Those are the three craziest losses that we've seen start to finish. Probably uh, they're both in. The, they're they're all in the top five for this entire season. The Angels one is up there, and then uh, what? Maybe the Mets one. Astros or oh Astros. Yeah, come on, Astros, come on. Come on, man. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, hey, fuck it. There, there's there's a million losses that are just inexplicable. But so many of these came against the Red Sox to start the year. Um, and you have to remember that there is pressure on the Red Sox because the Red Sox kind of do need this home game. I mean, look, every team needs the home field advantage during the wild card game. But don't you think the Red Sox probably need it more than the Yankees and the Blue Jays? I think the Blue Jays lineup is well is is the best suited out of these three teams to go on the road and steal a game. I yeah. think I think the Yankees are the Yankees. Like we talk shit on the Yankees all the time. Yankees haters talk shit on the Yankees all the time. Look, talk shit on them. They kind of suck. But guess what? When it comes down to postseason baseball, very different game. I'll say it like I do on every pod. Very different game. Every single pitch matters. The the stakes are higher. You don't treat it. It's not like the regular season where oh, you're playing against the Orioles or throwing some kid out there who's just going through the motions like somehow. So Chris Ellis somehow buzzsawing the Yankees through five innings like it's just not like that in the playoffs. And I know the Yankees choke in the playoffs. I know that they could very well. They're, they're shitty play. They're non-existent offense. They're non-clutch pitching at times can go ahead and and steal center center stage there. But I think the Red Sox stand the most to lose 
out of these three teams who are in the playoff picture by having a road wild card game. So the Red Sox need to win. And when the pressure is on like that, it's 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 not the easiest to, to come and deliver. I know they're usually suited better than we are for that. Um, but that's those are the silver linings that I'm looking at in this whole thing. The, the bounces simply can't keep going in these insane directions against the Yankees. And the Red Sox have to, the, the pressure is on. Like they've largely played with no pressure this year. There were no expectations. They did blow the 10 game lead against us, but they still had what, seven weeks to make up for it, six weeks to make up for it. So that was okay. Uh, that, that was okay for them. Um, and now this is where, it re- where it's really going to settle in because this is the last series where they can actually get that cushion since they, they're not going to have any direct games against the Yankees or the Blue Jays after this series. I know they do get a cupcake six games, um, but those aren't going to, they, they're going to have to rely. If they manage to slip up, they're going to have to rely on one of the Jays or the Yankees to fall further out of the race, which is possible because they're playing each other, but they need to, as we've seen with baseball, Every single year, you just simply have to control your own destiny with winning. Look at the race between the Dodgers and the Giants right now. Just simply have to win. That's how, that's how it has to go. So, um, yeah, that that's my take. I think the Yankees take two out of three. But I, I'm kind of mad that I even predicted that because now now I know it's it, it, something's going to blow up in my face. Well, all year long when we all the other Red Sox series, we were like, just don't get swept, and then they got <laughs> swept. So, like, we know what's we know what's coming. We know what's been. Like, it, nothing can surprise me anymore. Here's what I, I mean, it's a loser mentality, but honestly, at this juncture, you know, if you're watching the Toronto Blue Jays and you think this team has no chance to go to Fenway Park and steal a wild card game, you're lying to yourself. They, they very much clearly like the Blue Jays have the shock factor where they could just be up five, nothing in the third, all of a sudden and Red Sox fans could go, wait, wait, what happened? So I'm, I, I need the Yankees in the playoffs because that's my team. I'm rooting for the New York Yankees. But if they falter this weekend again and try to hurt me again, I've been hurt too many times this year and in the recent past in big games, I've been stung. If it ends up being Toronto, Boston, I'm trying to get Boston out of the playoffs as soon as I can. And I think the American league playoff field is a little weaker than people think the, the rays are what the rays are, but the rotation is confusing. They're filling innings with a lot of people who don't deserve to be filling playoff innings. Michael Waka, Luis Patino, uh, like Shane McClanahan's like their second filthiest pitching option. They don't really have a lot going on there. Tyler glass. is not walking through that door. So I've said this before. I feel like the winner of the AL wildcard game might show up in the Rays series. And then all of a sudden America's like, wait a minute. Why did the road team take game one and is leading two nothing early in game two? Like yeah. it could, it could feasibly happen. So, and the white Sox have basically the same record as the Yankees, by the way, and haven't played a competitive game in months. Cause who cares? They've been up 17 games in the AL central and are just in on cruise control going 500 for like two months now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're an immensely talented team. I think without Carlos Rodon at his ceiling, he's he's going like four innings now and getting tired. His velocity is dropping. It's very sad, but the White Sox are gettable too. I think the Astros and potentially the winner of the AL wildcard game are the two strongest possibilities to meet in the ALCS. It wouldn't shock me at all if that happened. So I'm trying to get the Red Sox out of the playoffs as soon as I can. And I think that the Jays have a higher chance of beating them in a road one game wildcard game than we do. Now it's up to the Yankees to prove me wrong. You have nine games. You, you want to prove me wrong? You want me, you want to prove to me you can beat the Red Sox in a one game wildcard game where they've got Evaldi and Sale piggybacking each other. And you're going to use Garrett Cole and you're going to use Severino and Michael King behind him. Great. Win this series. 
Show me that. Because if you win this series, I'll change my opinion. But as of now, I'm comforting myself by saying, I want the Yankees in the playoffs. I'm going to nervously sweat through every single Yankee game. That's how it goes. And then if we have the misfortune of the Yankees missing the playoffs, get the Red Sox out of there. And I think the Blues just have a solid chance of doing it. And maybe, I mean, it goes without saying a better chance than the Rays because it's just one game. Once you let them get to the Rays series, I'm going to get a little skittish. As stupid as that may sound, but just... Just, you know, think of it. It's not too, as John Lennon once said, imagine it's, it's not too crazy to see uh, a series where it suddenly turned on its head because the Red Sox won a road game in Tampa. So mission, get them out of the playoffs as soon as possible. It's on the Yankees now to prove to me they can do that. Yeah, they absolutely can. And one more note on Rodriguez that I was saying before, all those games he started, the Red Sox did win. And one of them actually should have been longer, but he had that uh, scary incident on the mound. Um, where he was removed after uh, one inning. Um, did he just collapse? That's what happened, or did he get hit? I forgot what it was. He he, he just sort of... He it, was, it like, was, dizzy? Yeah, it was confusing. It ended up being nothing, and he yeah. didn't miss any more starts. Well, but thank he, yeah, God. he did yeah. throw like an inning and a third. Yeah, no, um, yeah, he, threw one in, he, he got through one inning. The Red Sox won the game 6-2 to because the Yankees were ill-equipped to beat the Red Sox emergency bullpen plan. So the thing with, I mean, the thing with Eduardo Rodriguez is historically he's been the one Red Sox pitcher we have a handle on because this lineup mm-hmm. is supposed to mash lefties yep. and they haven't, I mean, they haven't won a single Eduardo Rodriguez start this year. So nope. there's your difference in the season series. Yeah. Five and a third, three earned six, two earned six. Uh, where is it? Uh, five, no, no earned or five and two thirds, no earned. And he struck out seven, eight and seven batters. So Please, guys. I mean, yes, I have renewed hope simply because now we control our own destiny. Do I fully rely on them to control every aspect of it? Not really, but the chance is there. The opportunity is there. We'll be rooting for the Yankees to make the playoffs. Will be fun, I think. Um, But like you said, if they can't, I would love to see the Jays go to Fenway because that's the next best thing. And look, I don't think the Red Sox are getting out of the ALDS, even if they make it there. So it doesn't really matter to me. This team is not, in my opinion, the bullpen's not good enough. The rotation's not good enough. The, 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 the offense relies on lightning rod um, performances, which, hey, got to respect it because the Yankees don't do that. But a lot of flaws with this team, with the Red Sox, in terms of a, uh, in terms of a playoff contender. And I think that it could start rearing its ugly head during this series because the Yankees are definitely more built in that regard. But let's go Yanks, dude. Come on. Erase all this badness for six months. We've been complaining. We don't want to complain. We like you. That's the bad part. We like you. In conclusion, yeah, let's go. Let's go, Yanks. Um, I, I'm going to need Gary Sanchez to to dinger off Eduardo Rodriguez. He he hit one in the playoffs famously a few years ago. He is uh, it, three for 16 with a homer and six walks in 22 playoff appearances against Rodriguez. Uh, interesting. Interesting. I, I thought he would be better than that. I looked it up with the intention of being like, guess who owns Eduardo Rodriguez? Gary Sanchez. Eh, he doesn't really, but that home run resonates and he's hit for power against him, if nothing else. And he's taken his walks. So Gary is my pick to click on Sunday, presuming he doesn't injure himself tripping over a rake on Friday night. That is it for this preview edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple podcast, Google podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer that cue. Until next time, I'm Adam Weiner. You can find me on Twitter freaking out and definitely tweeting, here we go again when the Yankees put two on with two out in a 3 nothing game in the eighth inning of game one at Adam Weiner. Yes, it's a freak out weekend, baby. Uh, my name is Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. You can also find us on yanksyard.com. 
Plenty of content there for you to read and comment on. You can also talk to us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. We'll be there all weekend. Yankees won three in a row. Pizza Fridays is here. It's right here, guys. You can make the day whatever you want of it. Get a nice fat pizza for Garrett Cole. Get him pumped. No, have him know that you're in his corner. Get the series started on the right foot. Play with house money for the rest. Sunday night baseball. God, it just it feels nice. It feels nice. We want it to just unfold the way it, it probably should. Can we get one thing to go our way against the Red Sox, please? Have a good please, weekend. Please, please have a good weekend. We'll see you Monday for the uh oh boy, the recap of what just happened. <laughs> Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.